Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. Go ahead. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 139. O Lord, thou hast searched me out and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thoughts long before. Thou art about my path and about my bed, and art acquainted with all my ways. For lo, there is not a word in my tongue but thou, O Lord, knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before, and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful and excellent for me, I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go then from thy spirit, or whither shall I go then from thy presence? If I climb up into heaven, thou art there. If I go down to hell, thou art there also. If I take the wings of the morning and remain in the uttermost parts of the sea. Even there also shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, peradventure, the darkness shall cover me, then shall my night be turned to day. Yea, the darkness is no darkness with thee, but the night is as clear as the day. The darkness and light to thee are both alike. For my reins are thine, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks unto thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. 
My bones are not hid from thee, though I be made secretly and fashioned beneath in the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being imperfect, and in thy book were all my members written. Which day by day were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. How dear are thy counsels unto me, O God! O how great is the sum of them! If I tell them, they are more in number than the sand. When I wake up, I am present with thee. Wilt thou not slay the wicked, O God? Depart from me, ye bloodthirsty men. For they speak unrighteously against thee, and thine enemies take thy name in vain. Do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee? And am I not grieved with those that rise up against thee? Yea, I hate them right sore, even as though they were mine enemies. Try me, O God, and seek the ground of my heart. Prove me and examine my thoughts. Look well if there be any way of wickedness in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the eleventh chapter of Ecclesiastes. Oh, Cast your bread sixth, upon... Sixth chapter, Deacon Bob. Sorry, Sorry about that. Back to cha chapter six. It's all good. I thought I'd just fix that. There it is. Sixth chapter of Ecclesiastes. There is an evil which I have seen under the sun, and it is common among men, a man to whom God has given riches and wealth and honor, so that he lacks nothing for himself of all he desires. Yet God does not give him power to eat of it, but a foreigner consumes it. This is vanity, and it is an evil affliction. If a man begets a hundred children and lives many years, so that the days of his years are many, but his soul is not satisfied with goodness, or indeed he has no burial, I say that a stillborn child is better than he. For it comes in vanity and departs in darkness, and its name is covered with darkness. Though it has not seen the sun or known anything, this has more rest that, than that man, even if he lives a thousand years twice, but has not seen goodness. Do not all go down to one place? All the labor of man is for his mouth, and yet the soul is not satisfied. For what more has the wise man than the fool? What does the poor man have? Who knows how to walk before the living? Better is the sight of the eye than the wandering of desire. This also is vanity and a grasping for the wind. Whatever one is, he has been named already. For it is known that he is man, and he cannot contend with him who is mightier than he. Since there are many things that increase vanity, how is man the better? For who knows what is good for man in life? All the days of his vain life which he passes like a shadow, who can tell a man what will happen after after him under the sun? Here endeth the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, for he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed, for he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. 
He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath holpen his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begin at the 17th verse of the 21st chapter of the Gospel according to St. Matthew. Then he left them and went out of the city to Bethany, and he lodged there. Now in the morning, as he returned to the city, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing on it but leaves, and said to it, Let no fruit grow on you ever again. Immediately the fig tree withered away. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, how did the fig tree wither away so soon? So Jesus answered and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. Now when he came into the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people confronted him as he was teaching and said, by what authority are you doing these things, and who gave you this authority? But Jesus answered and said to them, I also will ask you one thing, which if you tell me, I likewise will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, was it from, where was it from, from heaven or from men? And they reasoned among themselves, saying, If we say from heaven, he will say to us, Why then did you not believe him? But if we say from men, we fear the multitude, for all count John as a prophet. So they answered Jesus and said, We do not know. And he said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. But what do you think? A man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in my vineyard. And he answered, said, I will not. But afterward he regretted it and went. Then he came to the second and said, Likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir, but he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said to him the first. Jesus said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that tax collectors and harlots enter the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But tax collectors and harlots believed him. And when you saw it, you did not afterward relent and believe him. Here endeth the second lesson. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be of the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, 
the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. And do thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O Almighty and merciful God, of thy bountiful goodness keep us, we beseech thee from all things that may hurt us, that we, being ready both in body and soul, may cheerfully accomplish those things which thou commandest, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Almighty God, who hast knit together thine elect in one communion and fellowship in the mystical body of thy Son, Christ our Lord, Grant us grace so to follow thy blessed saints in all virtuous and godly living, that we may come to those unspeakable joys which thou hast prepared for those who unfeignedly love thee, through the same thy Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness, through the merits of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Light in our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. <clears throat> Evening all. Tonight, we have an interesting combination of lessons coming to us, and it's always, I think, best to begin by looking through the lens of the psalm, um, Psalm 139, uh, which is a, a familiar psalm to all of us uh, for many of its language, uh, much of its language, but it really is, uh, uh, you know, for as much as it, it highlights on that kind of those verses of, you know, um, I rejoice in thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made, um, which often gets, you know, embroidered on pillows and, uh, and you know, stitched in, in uh, needlepoint. Um, it, it, it's a it's a verse that really is reflective of a, of a psalm that um, admits of how little we understand about ourselves, um, and is entrusting even the um, that precious gift of self understanding to God. Um, you know, as modern people, we have um, perhaps an inordinate confidence that we understand what the self is, um, and and given the scriptural record, it, it seems like we need to have a little bit more humility in what we would call a self. We, we typically think of the self as, um, of ourselves as that which we understand about ourselves or that which we can detect about ourselves. Um, but the scripture continually pushes back on this. Um, and this, you know, Psalm 139, you know, it, it, it speaks of God who alone searches the self and who understands each person as they really are. And his understanding is what they really are. How God sees them to be is what they actually are. Um, and and so there is a distance of some sort that the psalmist admits of and even praying this prayer 
um, that makes the counsels of God so dear to him, to quote that verse later in the psalm, uh, because um, there is, he had, the psalmist admits that there is a, a gap between where his sort of understanding of who he is in light and who he is in light of everything around him, including God, um, ends, and where God's understanding of how the psalmist and everything else is knit together and what it is in and of itself, um, where that begins and where that where that sort of perfects what is lacking in our own. And that distance between how we perceive and understand, um, you know, what what and who we are in relation to things is really what's at stake in the book of Ecclesiastes. Uh, Ecclesiastes, if, if, to remind us of, about the nature of this book, um, it's sometimes looked at as a bizarre, bizarre book, but it, we have to always see it in relationship to a, the book of Proverbs primarily. Um, Proverbs is a book that um, has to do with a lot of the kind of conventional received wisdom um, by which we detect, like, if you, you know, generally, if you do this, then generally you can expect this. And generally, if you don't do this, you can generally expect not to get this. Um, that kind of conventional, you know, there's a reason we call it proverbial wisdom. Um, the general kind of related cause and effect uh, of, of, of reality and how to live generally within those and what the what we can expect generally uh, as a result of that. But Ecclesiastes comes along as a as a kind of counterpoint to that proverbial wisdom to say, and yet there it does not always work out that way. Um, and yet sometimes things elude us in terms of how we understand their relationship to each other and our relationship to all other things. Um, ultimately, Ecclesiastes is a call to a kind of humility in our understanding of saying, yeah, you, you know, God is orderly and God has created an orderly cosmos, but that cosmos is incredibly intricate, incredibly complex and incredibly vast, very ancient. And we, as the ones who, who would endeavor to understand it, are very young, very small, very um, sort of simple of mind by comparison. And so it admits of our, uh, not, not of a disorder in God's you know, plan for things and his providence and his ruling over things, but rather um, that the pattern is so complex that often we'll take a part of it and think we've understood the whole of it leading to error on our part. Now, uh, in, our, in our passage tonight, particularly from Ecclesiastes, we see that on display in in the manner of sort of ascertaining, you know, the goods that one produces by one's, you know, sort of striving under the sun. Um, and we, you know, the, the sort of material blessing is, you know, notoriously one of those unreliable markers of a good life or of a life of substance. Um, you know, very often you can have someone who leads a very substantial life that is not visited with much material prosperity and vice versa. Um, you can have someone who has a tremendous amount of material prosperity who leads a very vapid, insubstantial, sort of vain life. Um, and so you have, these things don't neatly line up. There is, there's a place at which we have to admit our understanding sort of um, goes behind a curtain and we, we can't really follow into it. Um, and so it, it, it puts us back into a posture of humility and trust. We have to entrust ourselves again in relationship to the world. And so, you know, as we get to the um, the gospel of Saint, you know, as we get to the gospel lesson from from Matthew twenty one, we see Jesus calling this to light um, that you know there is you know the, 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 there's sort of a an overemphasis and a prideful emphasis on the Pharisees' part that has made a kind of transactional cause and effect world out of their um, sort of a narrow obedience to a narrow interpretation of the law. And rather than admitting with humility the complexity and their constant need for um, sort of deliverance from their own ignorance, um, the Pharisees have fallen into an error of 
seeing the complexity of the pattern of God's world and reducing that complexity to a point that it no longer is what they what it started out as. Um, and so the world that they've made um, by themselves, for themselves, is a world that does not actually correspond to how, what the work that God is doing or the cosmos that God is making. And so they're they're sort of misperceiving everything because they've created a microcosm that, that doesn't actually correspond to anything real um, and, and only borrows real things in order to distort them. And so Jesus calls this out and says, you know, the, the people who are who are far less conversant with the things with the things you've received are, are walking freely into the kingdom of God. And you are are held back because you cannot let go of this, you know, sort of twisted misperception around which you clench your fists so tightly. And it's really a lesson for all of us that um, we are continually confronted by the limits of our understanding and are continually called to unclench that fist in favor of the new, the renewal of understanding that God wishes to give us. That's why we come back to the daily office every day. That's why we come back to the mass every Sunday. That's why we are constant in our prayer, because it's all always an opportunity to again, to enter again into that uh, divine conversation by which God continues to draw out the frailty of our perceptions, of our actions, of our wills, and of our of the fruit of our lives, and makes it strong, makes it real, and makes it something that can actually be led to everlasting life. Continuing now with our intercession. Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations, and may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice, and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings, temporal and spiritual, upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good, and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil, and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any, who are in any trouble. And do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities. For his sake, who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all for joining in tonight. And thanks to my impromptu uh, co-leaders. Uh, good to lead again with mm -hmm. Rochelle. And good to hear Deacon Bob read us the good word. Hope you have a wonderful start to your weekends. Thank you. Yes. Have a great evening. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Good night, everybody. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> great message, Father.